Welcome back to Beer and Football. Where the party at? It's at Arsenal. Um, party signs for Arsenal, but we will touch on that later. We are back. It's a busy weekend of full of transfers, full of some pretty interesting score lines, and um, a lot of exciting things. So um, let's just jump right in and see how the Thruple's doing. Jeff? Well, it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you how you're doing this week, but um, I well, think I so have an exciting. idea. What is exciting at all? Um, <laughs> we we didn't really do much transfer day, but we'll get into transfers later. Um, really, balls in Arsenal's court, uh, transfer wise, results wise, and let's go ahead and just get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, before we jump into the games, Joe, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. <laughs> it was a good weekend. Um, Deadline day was great. There was uh, bringing party in was huge. Again, we'll talk about that later. But um, you know, Arsenal had a guy in mind and they got him, and you know had some good results last week too. So you know, it's uh, we're trending up, and that's exciting. Exciting indeed. We um, so we we'll, we'll kick things off with uh, round two of the. Beer and Football Podcast, Derby. Uh, Arsenal-Liverpool faced off in the League Cup. It wasn't a barn burner as it was last year, the 5-5 finish with PKs. It did go to PKs, but after 90 minutes of 0-0. Um, I think the highlight of regular time was uh, Bernd Leno. I think he made some fantastic saves. It was more, more or less a, a keeper game. Adrian, as you know, league play has its own thing for Adrian. I think he did really well in this game. He made a lot of big saves and um, kept Liverpool in it, as did uh, Leno. What are your thoughts on Adrian, uh, Jeff? And we'll start only in the League Cup, and then we'll, we'll move <laughs> on to uh, league play in a little bit. But let's just focus on the League Cup game. Yeah, he showed what he did last year. Uh, it was a great deputant, came in when needed, and, and got the job done, minus Champions League game, you know, and whatever. Um, He he did really well. He he made, he actually, uh, I think it was Lacazette. um, No, there was, yeah, Lacazette got in behind and and had some really good opportunity. um, Made a huge save, got big. and um, Had a big save against Holding too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So there was definitely some big saves, but he was was a little outshadowed by Leno's play. I mean, Leno, Leno probably had one of his biggest games that I've seen, you know, live. Um, against against a relatively strong lineup against Liverpool, um, I got to say that both teams put some some strength into the lineups, which was good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely still giving some some youth a chance. We had uh, Nico Williams and Reese Williams again in the back, and and Gruich, Curtis Jones, and surprisingly Harry Wilson starting the first game in like, two years for Liverpool. But then Hota getting his first start, and Minamino, who's been pretty solid lately, uh, along with Salah. So, a pretty decent lineup for, for Liverpool. Um, not quite clicking the way that they normally did, but I think that's the midfield that I would blame it on. Uh, the midfield cohesion, or lack thereof. I mean, Gruich has been away for two years in Germany. Wilson was playing at Bournemouth, if he was playing. Uh, Curtis Jones is the only one that's kind of been with the team for the last few years. Hota has only been with the team for a couple of weeks. And 
So I did think that there was a, there was definitely some lack of fluidity there uh, in terms of the attacking. Defensive, obviously, the scoreline kind of speaks for itself. They, they did well, um, did give up opportunities, but so did uh, Arsenal. Uh, both keepers just came up really big. So um, well, overall, I'll give it a C, C-plus performance. Uh, what do you guys think from your Arsenal side of things? I think it was good for Leno. Um, he played really well, but, and he needed to have that kind of moment. There's a lot of Martinez talk and, you know, was he the right decision? Was he not? And I think there was a while that people forgot how good he is. Um, he's a very good goalie. Uh, and moving Martinez on was... Show, he showed this match what he is capable of. Um, and, you know, he made some saves that he probably had no business making. That save on Van Dyke was... It was unbelievable how quick he got down and made that save, and I think it was maybe jumped a little early on the with Gruwich's header, but you know, he still made that big save, and uh, that save that one v one against Hota, where he put his hand up, was thought there's no way he's making that save when he was in, and then you know he ended up doing it, and you know clearly man of the match and the highlight of the match um, for me. So you know we're through. Uh, to the next round. And, and who'd you guys get for the next round? Uh, we might as well just knock them out when we can. <laughs> you know, we got Leicester, then Liverpool, now we get City, and you know, hopefully uh, City rest their first lineup and their second lineup, and we can uh, go from there. But you know, the way we're playing, we can, we can beat anyone, we can lose to anyone. Uh, we just want to find that consistency and, and see where we're at when the next round comes up. What do you think, Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of... Uh... In the, in the middle of the field, it was just like a, an all right game. You know, it was kind of like a blah all the way through. Said uh, the keepers really made the, the game exciting. <clears throat> uh, I think Leno had a very good game, like you guys were saying. Um, he's one of those keepers that like has to be busy all the time, and that's usually when he makes a lot of those saves. Um, I, my worry is that like if we ever hit a point where we like don't see a lot of shots and he has to make one or two saves a game, will he be able to make those? Um, but I don't think we're anywhere near that point in uh, this stage as far as Arsenal goes. So, um, I mean, if you look at our stats, we give up probably more shots than anyone else in the league. Uh, but, I mean, he's there to make those saves, and he, did a, he showed how good he is um, in that League Cup game, um, making at least one save in the, in the shootout. And, you know, uh, we kind of we took that care of things on, on that front. Um, I just wish we had penalty shootouts in the league. I think we could do a lot better so too. in the standings if we could get into shootouts, but that's not how it works. And um, what, are you guys, what are your thoughts on the cool, calm, collected PK of Ainsley Maitland-Niles? Like, that was pure finesse yeah. and class. I don't know. I think he should class? be, I think uh, he be no. taking up PKs every time. <laughs> if he's on the pitch, he needs to be taking it. Um, you just have... He just seems like he knows what he's doing, and he's just waiting for the goalie to move. If the goalie doesn't move, then you know he just puts it to his side. And you know he seemed to be having a lot of fun with Adrian at that moment, um, with that PK. But you know he's when he's doing his little run up, and you're just watching like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> but then you know it seems to always going, which is a good thing. So that was a fun time. Yeah. So do you think he should be hopping before his shot? 
uh, like a Jorginho I type. Hate, I, I hate that. I don't understand that PK probably because I can't pull it off, but it just to me doesn't make any sense. But it's it seems like it's successful almost 100% of the time. Uh, was 100%. I said almost 100% of the time. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a different PK, but in, people use it and it works for us. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that game was it was what it was, and we move on. I think with the League Cup, there's only the upper level teams anyway, so you're gonna end up hitting all the, like the stronger teams down the stretch. It would just be nice to have like an off round every once in a while instead of hitting most of the top six teams in the Premier League. But um, yeah, we'll play City, and we've shown that we can, in cup turn in cup formats we can play with anyone and beat anyone. So um, hopefully, it works out against City second time around. Yeah, good luck to you guys. Um, my biggest regret, I guess, is not being able to see the the kids play as much. Um, I don't. I personally don't care as much for the trophy. Like, yeah, I'll take it if we can win it. But I, I lately in the last couple of years, it's been fun watching the kids play and getting getting to know the academy players coming up through the youth system and getting a chance. You know, Klopp definitely gives these kids a chance and and trusts them and gaining that experience so the more games that they could get under their um, belt the better and now they don't have that all they have is really the FA Cup which I'm not even sure when that's coming up but um, so hopefully they can take that chance when they get it and make a run uh, Klopp's been kind of criticized uh, by some for his lineups in the past for these cup games and I think he showed this this time around that he, he took it a little more seriously um, the the squad depth is is pretty decent at this point and and so I was glad to see some of the senior guys coming into the starting lineup this game just sorry for the boys to you know some of the um, academy guys not being able to play more games that's that's my biggest regret after the game I mean you can drop down to the Europa League and you know play the kids through the the group stage if I mean that's it's a good route that's what Arsenal yeah, would like to do so. Yeah. That's our thinking about it. We, you know, if we're not going to win the Champions League, we might as well get the Europa League and and let the kids play a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, fly all around the world or all around Europe, and you know, let the kids play. At least that's our take on yeah, it. That's, that's how we it. see it. Yeah. All right. Very strategic. On I'll, I'll keep that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that maybe when we get to the group stage, the Champions League, and then we can talk about your Europa League. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, so moving on, uh, league play uh, started and Arsenal took on Sheffield. Um, another kind of normal-like game. It was just kind of it was zero-zero for a while, and we had like a good span of about twenty minutes where we really took control and dominated. Got a couple of really nice goals out of uh, out of the squad. Saka got his first uh, goal of the season, his first home goal, and it was a really good build-up play. Mm -hmm. Uh, got on the end of a good cross by Bellerin, but the combination play from Pepe um, Ceballos through the middle was very good. Um, and then Pepe and <clears throat> Bellerin connected on a nice little through ball, and Pepe did what I, like, I think a lot of people have been waiting for him to do, is utilize that pace, burn up down, down the, uh, the right side, and, and find the, the back of the net, and he did a fantastic job in that scenario. And, and I think I, we touched on it last time. I think we need to see more of Pepe. At least I would like to see more of Pepe on the field. I think he should be starting. Um, and I would really enjoy seeing him in, on the field a lot more, given the fact that, that those are the kind of goals that he really loves to be a part of, getting the ball on his, at his feet with pace and taking on defenders. I think that's where he is best. And 
I think we can get a lot more out of them that way. And um, it got a little dicey towards the end. Uh, we kind of lost uh, a little bit of control and Sheffield got back in it with a goal from Goldrick. Uh, good finish on his part, but I think we were just kind of holding on for the win at some point instead of managing the game out. But uh, it was a pretty good game all around. I thought we maintained control of the game for up until that point, but it was good to see. It was the first time we saw a back four, which is interesting. Uh, we don't typically see that, but um, we got the result, and that was a game last season we probably would have tied. Um, I think back in January we played them. We had the one goal lead and ended up tying 1-1 late on, and it's good to see that we can hold on to the lead and hold on to those games and take the three points that we really need early on in the season. Joe, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think all of those things are points and things that I saw too, and I agree. I think Pepe needs to be on the field more. Uh, I think he gives us something else on that you know, right-hand side when he's in there. Uh, Willian, I think, is a serviceable player. I think he's good for squad depth. I think he's you know, good in the locker room. I think he's, he does all the right things. Um, but he's someone that probably should be coming on for Pepe uh, at the end of a match once Pepe's, you know, just run at defenders for 75 minutes and then William can come in and, and sure up and, you know, give us that uh, little bit of security and the defensive work rate and everything. And hopefully Pepe's leaving with, you know, a goal lead, a two goal lead because he's done something. I think he's, I think his price tag is, was a little high when we got him. Um, but that just comes with where we are in the transfer market. And you can't, it's going to be hard to live up to that price tag that he had. But if he can put in some more performances like he did against Sheffield when he came on, he was dangerous every time he got the ball. Um, he looked at people to go at them, and you know he put the defenders in the back foot. And you know his goal was a good finish that we've been that hopefully he can provide more of um, going forward. I think him and I'm not a big fan of Eddie Nketiah. Uh, I think he is not what we need up top. His hold-up play is non-existent. Um, and he, against Sheffield, he wasn't making any runs. So it was hard. He was just like kind of a hole in there. I was going to ask, why, lately it seems like even though Lacazette started hot, he's been either confined to the bench or coming off the bench. I mean, what, what's your perspective on Enkedia over Lacazette? I, I don't... I don't know. Um, I was shocked to see Nketiah starting this match since Lacazette scored in every Premier League game this season. Um, and you, he should be playing. He, he's scoring goals and his hold-up play is phenomenal. He's, he allows Aubameyang and whoever's out on the right to have more freedom to move around because he can hold that ball, lay it off, and those players can make in runs behind. Um, he's not going to be someone who's going to outpace the center backs or things like that. He's going to find himself in a good spot. And this season he's been finishing. Last season he wasn't. But I think he should have been playing from the start. And just like William coming in for Pepe and shoring things up, Nketiah can come in for Lacazette and just run. You know, he's got those youthful legs to just run at defenders and do those things that he should... Nketiah should be coming in for Lacazette and William should be coming in for Pepe and it was the opposite, and once Pepe came in, the game changed because um, he came in for Nketiah, and Aubameyang went up top, and 
you know, it was just a different match. We looked so much better when Nketiah came off the, off the field. So I'd like to see more Lacazette. I think he's a great player. Um, I'm glad he stayed this window. There was talk of him leaving. Um, but he's someone that is good for the team, and I think he should be playing more. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> last year the biggest thing was Lacazette did a lot of the dirty work but didn't have that end result. But this year he's getting a little bit of both. Um, I just wonder if, you know, his lack of finishing against Liverpool on Monday had anything to do with it. Maybe just needed some time. Maybe just needed a rest. Um, kind of clear his mind a little bit. I know he saw some time in the League Cup game. Um, took one of the penalties. But uh, I definitely I agree with Joe. I think he should be reversing that, that fixture. I think um, Enkedia should be coming in off the bench, especially when in the last 20 minutes, usually when we relinquish a little bit of control, he should be the one with all the energy, high pressing and, and working to, to win the ball back. Um, it was interesting, you touched on something I kind of forgot about that uh, when Pepe came on, we shifted and saw something that we haven't seen yet, and that is a bombing up the middle. I thought that was, I think that's something that a lot of people wanted to see from an Arsenal fan standpoint, and it was interesting to see that they played pretty well with that. They got the second goal out of it, um, having a bombing through the middle and linking up with that buildup. Um, Jeff, you can chime in on this. I don't know how much you watched of it, but uh, I mean, Joe, I mean, is that something you want to see more of? I mean, especially if Lacazette's having some off time, can we slide him into the middle? I mean, we've got Saka, we've got Pepe, we've got Willian, we've got players that can play on both sides of, of the, the field. If we can slot bombing up the middle, does that give us any more in terms of chance creation? I I, I don't know. I think because that's I, not his strongest spot. Like he's not a, a left winger. He is a center forward. Like he's yeah. A I I think this team Arsenal need that hold up play. I think that's a huge thing that we need. And when we don't have it, we um since we don't have. I think there is a uh, Giroud would be available at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we don't have that attacking midfielder in that kind of between Ceballos and Jaka and the forward. There's not that player that's in there. So I like when Lacazette dro drops back and he kind of plays that role. Um, so then that gives Aubameyang the opportunity to, to run in behind, which he's so good at. So I would rather see Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette up top than... Aubameyang up top and maybe Asaka on the left. Uh, but I think at times it would be good to, like in the, if the match is calling for like this match was, uh, to do something different and get him up top to run around and, and do that. And it worked. Um, it's nice to have that flexibility, but I'd rather see Lacazette up top and Aubameyang on the left than Aubameyang up top and Asaka on the left. I mean, even if you're like, having like a struggling Lacazette, I mean, you can take him off, and instead of bringing in Ketty on, you can slide a bombing through the middle, and then sure. bring on like a Willian for the left or something. Mm -hmm. um, I, it just shows, I think, that we have options now that we brought in a couple offensive, more offensive players. And um, I think Jeff was miming Ozil as someone who can sit in that hole, but I think we'll, we'll touch on Ozil in a little bit. <laughs> Gotta love the guy. Come on. He's a good human, apparently, you know, but I just don't think, I mean, he provides what uh, Martel's looking for at this point. But you mean a work rate? <laughs> That's a big part of it, yes. Um, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, we got the three points, and, and I think we have a lot of things to look forward to moving on, and we'll touch on the transfer market in a little bit. And uh, again, we've got another win, and that, that's big. Um, I think on the other end of that spectrum was the Liverpool 
Aston Villa game, which we'll briefly talk about. As I'm sure that's what Jeff wants. It happened. <laughs> and we're done. We're moving on. Um, I think Joe and I may talk a little more about this than Jeff, but um, we, I mean, it was a 7-2 hammering. Um, it was such a weird game, though, because you expect to see something like that with like a player down, but there were like there was straight up Liverpool against Aston Villa, eleven on eleven, and they lost seven two. And is that is that worrying for you, Jeff? By any means, is it a one off? Is it are there creaks somewhere in there? What are your thoughts on it? I think that we've already touched on the potential um, kinks in this in the the back line behind Trent specifically, and maybe a little behind him. Uh, Robertson, so that's already been recognized by you know Premier League teams and by us in the podcast a couple weeks ago that there is that space behind. Uh, Arsenal couldn't find a way to exploit it, but we found it once. <laughs> we found it once. We just couldn't um, do more in the Premier League. That is, um, and Aston Villa did a really really good job of defending well and hitting us on the counter. Um, granted, we gifted a, a goal at the beginning uh, with. With Adrian in goal and Adrian strikes again. <laughs> he made a pass and Gomez wasn't even didn't his body position wasn't asking for it. His his where he was located wasn't asking for it. There was nothing about the play that would have happened if if Ali was back in the goal. So having him gone out of the goal is 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 rough. Um, although I did, we did talk about it. He did. Adrian was a good deputant and stepped in and played well uh, in the league cup. And I think that's where he shines is something <laughs> like the league cup. And that's yeah. That's I mean, unfortunately with Allison being hurt now, he's got to play more. Yeah. Um, and I think and, they'll play back to him a lot less yeah. moving forward. Oh, I think yeah. they'll definitely be playing less out of the back. You should have seen. Um, you could tell by the, the body language of the players after he made that mistake and gifted the first goal. Nobody passed it back to him. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. You can't. trust him. And and that changed the way we play because it it you know just like Arsenal do. You you get the ball back. You stretch out the defense. You move the ball around and then you attack forward and and they couldn't do that so they started forcing passes we lost balls second balls um and and Villa were deadly on the counterattack. just Grealish was putting inch perfect passes left and right through the ball uh Barkley added another dimension to their game what a this big was pick up first for that. start like, that's huge he played really well uh, he just had the space and and freedom to play and, and Grealish was the playmaker to to play it into him and Watkins took some some really good chances and got his hat trick and first goal ever and he gets three of them against Liverpool. That's that's a great feeling, yeah, I think yeah. for a young kid. He he did well. Um, you know, he took the chances that were given and mm-hmm. and Greeley, it, it, I don't want to make excuses because Liverpool played bad. Um, they for a lot of the game though they did play fine. They 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 dominated possession a lot. They moved the ball around. They even had chances. They just didn't take them. Uh, Martinez made a couple good saves, but he wasn't like spectacular, um, and so I think that the fact that we gifted a goal and we didn't finish our chances really just kind of kept Villa in the game. They they stuck to their game plan and they did it really well and they countered and we had two deflected goals, so that's unlucky. Three deflected goals, um, but Villa you got to give them credit. They they created the chances, so you know. You, 
Liverpool have been saying that. Klopp's been saying that. You know, you create your own luck. So, yeah, you might get lucky at times, but, you know, if you're putting yourself in the right spot and doing good things, then luck is not lucky. It's happening because you're doing good things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the pessimist can say, oh, they were just lucky, and the, the realist can say, well, they were just better. And I think it's an important thing to touch on there. Um, like, a lot of the pundits and people out there are saying that Liverpool played really bad. Granted, they didn't play their best game, but, I mean, you have to see the other side. Aston Villa played really well. They had a game plan going in, and they stuck to it, and they were very vicious on the counterattack, like you said. And I mean, they capitalized on all the chances that they got pretty much. And it just happened to be one of those days where almost everything they shot somehow found the back of the net. Like, three deflected goals is very, very unlucky. But, um, like, it was just – I think it was just a blip. I think it's a one-off. I um, it's unfortunate that there's an international break where they won't get to immediately take that back into the into the league, but um, it was just one of those games that they they'll, they'll want to forget pretty quick. Yeah, I'm not sure I would want to play Liverpool next match. No, <laughs> not at all. I don't think that would be. Um, They're going to come hungry. Yeah, I think that, like I was saying earlier, if, if Liverpool Liverpool could have played Everton the next day, they would have played them the next day, even on no with no rest. They just want to get just move on and. Um, you know, I think it was just like a perfect storm of Liverpool not playing up to their standard and Aston Villa playing really well to cause to cause this happening. And you know, when you're when you have no confidence in your keeper, you play differently. Um, you know, you put your body on the line, you lunge at tackles because you don't want the shot going on goal. Right. Um, so then, when you're doing that, you leave yourself exposed, and you know it's a a tough spot and. You know, we give you a lot of crap because, you know, we don't get to. You know, we, went a, we went a whole season of podcasts to not be able to do any of it. So um, that's why I'll jump into my drink. I went uh, with the old 7-Up for, uh, for this podcast just because uh, I felt like it was the perfect, the perfect drink for the situation. So old 7-Up. I'll go ahead and um, I... With this week, uh, or last week, uh, Liverpool taking the, the first of the, the derbies, uh, I chose Mike's drink, so I asked him to choose mine since he took the second. And uh, you, get, you came in with a, a pretty appropriate title, uh, Sun Beat Town. Sun Beat Down by Black Lung Brewing Company. Like you think that's like short for Sunday beatdown? Is <laughs> yeah. what happened? That, that was a beatdown, um, to say the least, Mike. And and I, I did ask Mike to choose my drink this week. Uh, however, I did go out and buy my own. I'm not gonna be having it because I don't want to. Uh, I did get a sour beer, and it is really the worst beer I feel is ever out there. I, <laughs> To reflect the game that um, happened on Sunday. Uh, Before we move on, I, I, I want to touch on, I just asked a question, I guess, Jeff. So I, I think I've been giving Van Dyke a pretty hard time. And Jeff, because he is like obviously one of the best defenders out there. I just feel there's something like off about him as of lately. Um, like even like in the community shield, going back to the like last season and coming this far, I think like it just seems... I don't, he seems kind of like a baby at times. Maybe I'm like just looking too much into it. Maybe you have a different perspective on it. But like, I don't know. It's like when players, like really good players, get to the very tippy top, and then 
they like start really asking for fouls that are really soft and um, like the Arsenal game last season he got like nudged on by Reese Nelson and he like threw his arms up in the air trotted back and they, they got scored on like that attitude kind of seemed to like carry over a little bit and it seemed like he's not that he's not trying I like he's definitely trying it's just he seems like kind of a baby about certain things. Do you see that, or am I just like jealous that he's not on our team? <laughs> I just, I'm just looking for ways to like peg our, like Liverpool down. But do you see like a change in, in him at all? Especially when they went down to Villa like in, at halftime and didn't really see. It's a good question. Um, I don't know if I am in a right state of mind to answer that. <laughs> Completely honest. I'll think however, about it next pod. I don't know. We'll see. However, I, I do think that. He is similar to the way he's been playing in the past. The difference being is that the whole team was playing defense really well, and it made his body language and everything look normal because he was defending fine and and doing really well. And but he was so nonchalant then before too. But the rest of the team was defending so well, so it looked right. Yeah. And now that the team isn't defending perfectly. Uh, they've had two blips now with leads, and, and now uh, blip is probably too soft of a word for Villa, but um, you know, leads they we let in three, Villa now seven, so that's ten in two games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a soft spot there, and I just don't know if I'm too far into it to say that he's less committed, if he's making more mistakes, or if that's just how he was, but now we're not looking as good. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say, and I'll keep an eye on it for next game, and I'll, I'll report back. <laughs> That's so, fair. Well, when you think about it, with Liverpool, these, you know, what have they played? Four matches? All right? Yeah. yeah. And they've already given up 11 goals. It's a lot. And that's they only gave up 33 last year, so that's yeah. already a third of their goals. Goals are a plenty this Premier League. Goal. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy. You know, that's going to be... That's something to, to look... I know that seven kind of really throws things off. Um, but even if it was, you know, three or four goals against Villa, like that's still, you know, up there. And with the mistakes for sure. Yeah. When you look at the way Liverpool have played the past two seasons or so that, you know, it's, and a lot, so that back line hasn't really changed. You got Robertson, Van Dyke, Gomez and, and Trent. So we all know, everyone knows, there's no secret that Robertson and Trent are like midfielders, essentially. Mm-hmm. They get up the field and they provide the offense. That's such a big part of our game. And, and Gomez in the previous game was unbelievable. He was, he was everywhere, he was cleaning things up. In this game, he wasn't. When, when that partnership breaks down, you know, the, the center back's got to slide out to cover, and then the center mid, you know, the six, uh, Fabinho this time, had to step in. And, um, when that doesn't happen seamlessly, then there's huge gaps. Wait, that is Arsenal to a T. So Gomez had a really bad game, and so that exp- and, and, and everyone's been attacking that other side, the Trent side, mm-hmm. the Trent and whoever partnership. Mm-hmm. That everyone has already recognized that, and so Liverpool have to find a way to fix that issue. Whether it's all right, let's cool, let's take our foot off the gas a little bit, and let's be a little more solid defensively, like they did last year. Last year they were very, they were not the balls to the walls, score goal every two seconds type of team. They were mm-hmm. let's score more goals than the other team, and 
well, let's just try to keep them out of the goal so we only have to score one. Yeah. Um, and they were extremely solid defensively, which means they didn't have to be so gung-ho going forward. Now it's like, all right, well, if Villa is going to score three, four goals in the first half, we got to go. We got to go forward. And I did see that that shift happen in the second half of the Villa game. They brought Minamino on while still leaving on Hota, Firmino, and Salah, uh, and they took off Keita, and and then Gomez came off, and Fabinho dropped in. So there was a lot of firepower out there mm-hmm. going forward, but the defensive responsibilities were a little lax. Yeah. So. There was a little different stuff in the end of that second, you know, towards the second half there, um, that kind of opened them up even more. But the fact that we let we gifted, not gifted, we shipped four goals in the first half is not good enough. So, as you said, I think the I, I disagree. I think that having this international break is perfect right now because Henderson was just on the edge of coming back, so this gives him two weeks. It gives mm-hmm. him game time in England. Um, Mane and uh, Tiago both had the virus. They should be good to go when we come back. Yeah. So we are going to be firing on all cylinders. Um, Ox is almost well, Shakiri, back as well. Shakiri's. Uh... Oh, oh, stop! Stop the press. <laughs> Shakiri's got COVID now, so he might be out for a bit. But we should have Ox back, Mane back, Tiago back, and Henderson back for the for the Everton game. Henderson's important for Liverpool, like. He's getting up there in age, but the way he plays and works, so he's super important to them. And you can tell when he's not on the He field. hasn't played much this year, right? No. Uh, yeah, I think he made one appearance okay. or something like that so far. Um, so I think the international break is perfect. The only concern, and Arsenal probably should have the same concern, is the players traveling to other countries. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully everyone comes back safe and sound. But, you know, there's a lot of variables in there, so who knows? Looking back, Liverpool's when they finished second behind City, they only gave up twenty two goals the whole season. Yeah, it was a good year as well. So <laughs> yeah, I mean I think there's just gonna be a lot of goals in general in the league this year that everyone's numbers are gonna go up. But because um, it seems like everyone's just trying to outscore instead of like sure things up, but you know, which is fun for the supporters and, yeah. and watching. Except for Villa. Only two goals so far. Yeah. Villa, our Villa, the real thing, guys. We all had them on our, our relegation. Well, that was before they picked up Martinez. I think <laughs> he's gonna keep them up. I said it last time. They're gonna, he's gonna keep them up by himself. Yeah, I think you know they will. St- I think they'll stay up. Um, I don't think that they'll stay where they are. Uh, I think I think the table will slowly get back to its kind of normal ish. Um, I think West. Everton Everton might push. Teams more than they've pushed people in the past, mm-hmm. um, but I I don't think I think that teams will start to find their spot where they yeah you can't see City sitting in fourteenth place yeah. for very long you can see United down in sixteenth oh yeah I dream about it every night <laughs> <laughs> it looked terrible let's touch on that yeah. we we mentioned it. let's touch on it that was such a bad performance do you think Schlosskar lasts very long after that I mean. You, like once you go down, you get organized. You sort things out so that you're not giving up any goals. You shut up shop, and they just continued to play horrendous defense. It was like they were playing less players in the back somehow. Um, and they man, they just got worked by uh, by Tottenham. I, I think Foley's uh, a a yes man. Um, I think uh, he is a a face that the supporters love, 
and our um, that he is the face that the supporters see a lot um, and that he still has that kind of pull with the fans that they hate the ownership um, and rightfully so they don't do they just spend a lot of money on on weird signings um, and then they're kind of stuck similar to the way Arsenal gets stuck but they just get stuck with you know a lot higher salaries um, but I only watched a little bit of the match and Paul Pogba looked unbelievably terrible he looked like someone who uh, you know, he looked less interested than Mesut Ozil's looked. Um, and Which that's is really, really hard. hard to get to. I watched that. like 15 minutes and I saw um, him lightly jog back and get just beat with a simple pass on the goal um, from Serge uh, Arie's goal. And then that penalty he gave up was like laughable. It was something that, you know, if... No one would have been surprised if he would have just been yanked off right then. Because that's something... And, you know, I didn't pay attention much, but it didn't... I didn't notice if any players just, like, went at him on, on United. Like, that is unacceptable. He slid for, like... It seemed like 15 yards. And the guy just running into the guy. And then he's like, whatever, I gave him a PK, we're already down, like... That's something that, you know, he could have just been yanked off right there and everyone would have understood. And I hated that it was Tottenham that beat him like that. But, yeah. um, you know, they look they looked really good at the end of the restart last season. They look terrible right now. So... And I, I've, I've always thought that Pogo is very overrated. Um, and so maybe it's coming, coming to the fray now and... I liked Henderson, the goalie. Uh, I hope he gets a chance in goal. Um, I, I find it hard to say that I like a, a Man United player. Uh, even Greenwood I kind of liked a little bit. And, and you wonder at what point things need to change for them because they, they have one of the most expensive lineups out there in the Premier mm-hmm. League, and they continually produce crap. Yeah. So. I think they've really struggled filling the shoes of Ferguson. Like they keep bringing in coach after coach, and it just doesn't seem to work out. I think the highest they've gotten was second. That was under Mourinho, and even at that point, they were twenty points off first. Um, it's, I don't know, it's pretty shocking uh, where they just keep going up and down, up and down. But I mean, even before the red card, which I like to talk about, uh, like they were already down two one. I mean, they were getting outplayed at that point anyway. Um, but is that a red card for you guys? Um, I mean, hands of the face by the letter of the law, that is a, like a red card offense. But I think, I mean, if VAR should have done something with Lamella, like all the people on TV were like, eh, he tried to hit him in the chest and it bounced up to his face. Like he instigated all of that and the fact that nothing happened there. He acted like he got shot in the head. Um, it was like a light tap, but I don't know. It's pretty soft for me, but I think they should have at least done it both ways if they were going to give one person a card Lamella should have gotten something but I don't know any thoughts on that no no not really I, mean, <laughs> I just hate Tottenham I wanted him to yeah, get it right it was a, it was a really soft red and, but you know you you can't do that you, you can't put yourself in that situation yeah um and 
would it be a red card further up the field? Like if they're chasing down a ball and someone flings their arm backwards slightly oh, and like Mane? accidentally catches <laughs> it. Oh, I fall about Mane's fall. That should have been a red. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, it, I just think like you can't like if you just hit him in the chest, it's a yellow card. Like why hit him in the face? Kick yeah. him in the shin. You just like, like <laughs> you know, like, just a foul. You know, like shove him in the chest, and get the yellow card, finger up the backside. Yeah, like, keep like, it away like, from the cameras and yeah. away from everyone. You know, like, yeah. Like, I just think like you have to. You have to know that if you touch a guy in the face, he's going to overreact and you know, you're going to draw that attention. So, you know, if you hit, if you push him in the chest, he could overreact and then VAR looks at it. If you hit him in the chest, like you're probably going to get a yellow card. But it's in the box. Would, would that be a PK? Anyway. I mean, we could beat that one up for a while. <laughs> I actually like Lamella, even though he plays for Tottenham. I actually like him. I lost a little bit of respect for him, just the way he acted on that. But um, I don't know. Man, you deserve to lose, and they deserve to be at the bottom of the table. That's, that's all I can say. Um, Speaking of a team that didn't deserve to lose, uh, Fire had a game. They played did. pretty well. Yeah, 2-2. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh... Uh, see, felt like Adrian was playing for the impact. <laughs> he played a nice, a nice ball straight up the middle that uh, Mihaljevic intercepted and and Barrett scored. He's got five and five, uh, which has been great. Um, you know, Shuttleworth had a, he dropped a, you know, paired a ball like right down to the middle of the box and that got finished and it was a, just a an all right result. You know, getting that on the road. Two. I mean, yeah, it's a, picking up a point. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, Barrett's, you know, finding his stride and, and you know, scoring. And he's – I'm really happy with Barrett. I was hesitant with the signing. He's not someone who's going to, you know, light the league on fire. But he's going to put away his chances. And he's he seems like he's good for this club at this time right now. So, um, I'm happy with that. And, you know, we'll see what can keep happening. You know, we're in, what, I think 14th place now, 15th place, something like that. Um we're you know, close enough. Yeah, we're we're moving up, and it's just a couple of results here and there, and to see what we can do, and you know, I'd love to see a playoff push and just play better, and they're doing that. Um, the results are getting better, so we got some tough games coming up though. Um, Minnesota, Sporting, Red Bulls, Philadelphia. Uh, maybe maybe not as tough. But. Yeah, I mean, with MLS, there's a. Literally anyone can win on any day, which is an interesting thing. And it also is, you know, different that, you know, Columbus, the fire should have beat Columbus. Um, but, you know, Columbus is in first in the league and uh, the fire sitting in 11th in the east. And there's that parity that, you know, the fire could could beat that team and they should have been. They got beat four to one to Orlando, but it could have easily been the other way. Right. Um, and Orlando's in third in the East, so it's just a an interesting league and in the way things work out. So, you know, the Fire getting a two two draw against Montreal was I'm happy with it. I think it's a you know a positive result and you know get to go again things. tomorrow. Yeah. So it's uh you know I'm happy with that result and we'll move on and. You know, hopefully we can string some more results together and see where we go. We're playing sporting tomorrow, um, so they always give us a hard time, but we'll see. And 
Yeah, Technically, have a chance to move up to ninth. Yes, yeah, so, I mean or fourteenth uh, overall. Yeah, so we could so, go if we win. What a know, climb that is! Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which is which is crazy. Like you, two wins and a draw here and there, and you know you push your way up the table. So yeah, we're eleventh in the East right now, and mm-hmm. we could technically move up to eighth. Yep. Tomorrow. Where were we before that? We were yeah. We were right behind. That's crazy. Uh, Miami at thirteenth. So it's, it's just, a tight little pack there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's you know we'll see and it looks like tenth spot is I think the East gets ten teams in the playoffs, um, ten of fourteen. So if you don't make the playoffs in the East, you're really doing something wrong. So right now we're we're outside of that, but you know we're making progress to. In the right direction, so you know it's not awesome, but we're making that good those good strides, and and the way that we're playing is is good. So hopefully that continues, and we can string some results together. So we'll keep it going. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because uh, it's always great to see them playing better, and and they have been playing better this season. Just you know, hopefully the results can continue. And picking up more points. Mm-hmm. So, got our games in. We've got some interesting games to look forward to in the near in the near future with Champions League and Europa League coming back yeah. to the fray. So, you guys picked up your your Champions League draw, and uh, are you? Uh. We're Europa League. Remember, we oh. strategically, oh, strategically oh. place ourselves oh. there so we can get the kids to play. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, you on. like to bench your kids in the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, I am yeah. sorry. <laughs> Why would I do such a weird thing as to mention Champions League? Get oh. it right. So Liverpool are in Champions League, uh, and we got a, a rough draw, in my opinion. I think that there wasn't a clear-cut group of death, but I think Liverpool's is up there. Personally, because we got Ajax, which is always tough, and you got the hot Italians in Atlanta. They're they, tough. They They're are score playing some crazy soccer yeah. right now. They'll give up a lot. They're going to score a lot, especially if Adrian's playing. So that should be that should be interesting. Um, it should be it should be fun. I mean, Liverpool every right to say they should be coming out of that group. Um, if not first, then at least coming out of the group. Um, you got no real other clear groups of death. Maybe Man U, PSG, and Leipzig. But the other real... Not this Man U. No, yeah. not this Man U. The other mouthwatering matchup is Barcelona and Juventus. Yeah, that's going to be good. It's the first time Messi and Ronaldo played in the group round. They, they get, they're going to get to play each other twice now in group stage, so... Everyone fully expects both of them to come out of it, and that should be fun. Just think of that, whatever, that Fair and Schwavos or whatever their name is, the other group, other team in that group. Istanbul, oh. Um, they get yeah. They get to have Barcelona come and Juventus come. Like, that's... Team from Hungary, yeah. That's huge for them. And like, oh, they yeah. couldn't have so picked, much money. They couldn't have picked a better group to be in. You Hopefully know, they can have fans. Like... <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they probably will. They'll probably break COVID rules to bring fans in um, for that. That's huge. You know, you think that's a pretty easy group for those two. You expect 
like if those two don't go through, then there's huge problems and people are going to be losing their jobs. Um, so just the, you know, Dinamo Kiev getting that, like those two teams that you get Barcelona and Juventus to come, that's such a good thing for those guys that I would love to see what this Farron Chavos or whatever, the, or what their stadium looks like. Is it a Mexican team? Or? <laughs> there's, a, there's an accent mark there. Um, and a Santo. Yeah, so you know, it's going to be, the Champions League is always fun and anything can really happen uh, to see where teams fall and, you know, first and second and who you get, who you get drawn with in that, that next round. So, you know, that Liverpool, Atalanta and Ajax, that's a, I don't think you would want to be in that group. That's not a group that you want to be in um, because Atalanta, they just, they just seem to score goals. That's all they do. Yeah. Um, and Ajax is Ajax. I mean, you know, they've been selling players off, um, but they're always still. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to play them. Like they're a team that they usually they sell someone off, and there's just a guy that's a couple years younger that's very similar. So um, game start up in two weeks. Yeah, so. it's gonna be. <clears throat> you got Man City who's facing up against Porto. So um, did did uh, Pep come from Porto or is that Mourinho? That's Mourinho. Mourinho. Oh, okay. Portos, they're good. I mean, they're not a team to really look past by any means. Uh, Bayern Atletico is a is another big matchup mm-hmm. that comes up, and um, PSG Man U, Lazio Dortmund, Chelsea Sevilla. So, some good games coming up here in Champions League, and um, there are some really talented teams in in Europa League still. Uh, however, you guys avoided all of them. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good group that we got put into. Um, you know, Dundalk, Molde, and Rapid Vienne. I think, you know, we should we should be winning all of those matches. We probably won't. Um, hopefully, some we rotate the squad and you know, can get those guys some meaningful minutes that are against some European competition to then set up just League Cup games and FA Cup games. Uh, so, you know, Ozil will probably look good in those matches. And, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> you know it's, a, it's a good group. I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. It's a There's tough a lot competition. of teams that are in the Europa League. Yeah, there are. Um, was that, like, 12 groups? I mean, the knockout stage starts that round of 32. I mean, there's so many teams in that. Yeah, but just in, in the group stages, and you're not even counting the Champions League teams that drop down. You got Napoli, you got Leicester, you got Celtic, um, Milan. Milan, Tottenham, um, I mean, the, Roma, Leverkusen, Benfica, Rangers. There's a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And then you take the teams that, that get knocked out of Champions League and you're going to have quality there as well. So, okay, so there's Olympiacos. They always get third. Yeah. And then we always play them. So And then they give people COVID. Yeah. So, you right. know, that's how it works. <laughs> get the COVID. Uh, <laughs> so it should be interesting. Europe, European soccer coming back. Uh, it kind of bleeds into our next topic, uh, the transfer, because... We had some players come in, and I'm sure you guys will uh, definitely touch on it, but let's, let's quick talk about the players that either went out or didn't go out and now leave your teams um, super saturated with foreign players. 
Um, so we are kind of in that scenario. Uh, we're we in a both point, are, yeah. Yeah, we're in a point where we have to drop two international players. And a um, big random story came out today. Joe's are cracking seven ups like it's like water over there. Um, you know, Ozil is rumored to be left out of that squad. And, you know, to get himself on the good graces of the club and in the eyes of the fans, he offered to reinstate personally Gunnar Soros, who was made redundant earlier in the week. Um, and he offered to pay his salary so that he could be a part of the club still and also. The one stipulation is that he needs to be an Arsenal player. Is that true or is that a that's speculation? A, he said as long as I'm an Arsenal player yeah. in his tweet. I think he's that's for this year. I don't think it, he falls on this. I can't, I can't imagine him not being one of the foreign players. He has to be on he that. He just team. makes so much money <laughs> to just be like... Then he... like I, I couldn't imagine it. We need a player that he can be. Um, but what's the point of having the guy if you don't even put him on your bench? Well, it's up to him. I, uh, that's true, but I just like if you don't even register him, so he cannot play until January at least. Like you're throwing money away. You're just literally throwing money away, and you know he compared to what they're doing now. Yes. Even more so, you're throwing the money away harder if you don't register it. Lighting it on fire, then throwing it away. And, you know, we as a club need that creative player. He is that. He's the only one. Yeah, so if you don't, like, and we have, like, I think we have, I think we're just, like, 42 maybe center backs um, (laughs) that are just not all the greatest. So, like, Socrates should be a player that doesn't get registered there's we have chambers and holding and mari and louise and gabrielle like it should be a a center back that shouldn't so socrates shouldn't and you know then i don't know who the other one is i've heard i've seen things of maybe maybe uh, cedric suarez as a right back but you know it's hard to i just don't it can't be over it's got to be for yeah, just for money alone, he has to be in that squad. Um, I know we've got like Joe Willick, we've got um, Emil Smith Rowe to play in that spot, but I mean, those are English guys, though. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like players that in that position, you you'd still need him to be in that squad, regardless of, of country, just because he makes so much money. It's such a controversial thing now as it is, and I mean, I'll give it to Ozil. He knows <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I mean, he threw that little store out there to pay Gunnar Soros's salary. To make himself look like the good guy. He's very good at that. His publicist team is fantastic. They're winning. Yeah, <laughs> they are doing very good for themselves. I think Gunnar Soros' salary is like 60000 So Just like couch money for Yeah, him. like Ozil could just have Arsenal write him a $290,000 check for a week. <laughs> and, you know, we're good. So, um, I love that term, uh, redundant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, around Not here we call you just getting laid off. Yeah. But <laughs> Not redundant. Needed. But yeah, so that's that's our scenario. I don't know where Liverpool stands. What players are kind of on the verge um, over on Merseyside? Yeah, we we uh, had a lot of speculation about players going out. Um, Shakiri was rumored to be going out. Gruich, Wilson, uh, they did end up selling Brewster for a hefty fee, which essentially paid for Thiago Alcantara. So a guy who had never really played any Premier League minutes 
covering the cost of a world-class player. Fantastic business, in my opinion. Um, and then you had you had some other guys go out, but some real fringe players. So I think they ended up with uh, Gruwich going out on loan today uh, to Porto. And so that was one of their foreign players that they had to decide what to do with. So I think that they either down to one question mark on the foreign players or they are just about right since Wilson is a homegrown player. So they're pretty close. Uh, either way, I think it's not going to be a tough decision for, for coach. You know, there's enough fringe players that say, yeah, whatever. We, I got my core and we'll, we'll be fine. Man, how much would that suck to be that player though? Like, yeah. Like all you get is cup games and then in cup games, are you going to play? Like you have, right. like you already got, like Liverpool's already out of the Carabao Cup. So where are their real cup games that they can get in? So you're just kind of like, oh man. The, the question was, uh, if Gruwich did not leave, where was he going to play this season? Because he wasn't going to get any game time. And they said in, in the Premier League 2, you actually are allowed three older players per game. Mm -hmm. So that would be pretty much your game time is, yeah. is yeah. playing in an under-23 game. Which, not good uh, for a professional looking to play uh, top-flight football. Yeah. So they're, I think, in a better spot now that Gruwich is gone for the season. Um, I'm not totally against keeping Gruwich around in the future because he has been developing, and he's still like 23 or something like that, so very young. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how he does this year in, in uh, Portugal compared to Germany. And yeah, he looked pretty good in the Carabao Cup. He yeah. like a big player that you know, had a couple shots on goal. Had the header, he had another shot on goal. and yeah, He looks big, strong. He scored in the seven-goal thriller before that, so he he's not a bad player. I just think he's not going to beat out Thiago. He's not going to yeah. beat out Wijnaldum. He's not going to beat out uh, Fabinho, you know, Ox, Henderson. <laughs> yeah, he's at that age now. Like, at 23, you're still young, but you're kind of hitting your prime. But you want to – if he can have a good spell in Porto, that's good for him. Everybody. It's, it's yeah. good for Liverpool, too. They could – Even if they want to sell him on. Right, to move him on and – you know, see where he goes because you know he. Who knows what he could eventually be if given time and some confidence. So, All right. So we we I think our uh, our transfer window is pretty decent. Uh, going out was I think really good, and then coming in we obviously had Thiago. Um, we had uh, Costas, back. our Go left down. back, uh, which was again just a backup guy, mm -hmm. but he looked okay. Um, it's hard to tell at this point. Uh, Diego Jota, who came in for a record fee for our forwards, and uh, I think he's going to be a very similar player to Mane. Uh, Mane didn't come in as a finished product, so I think Jota is going to be similar. Uh, Klopp will get his hands on him and, and develop him, mm -hmm. so I'm excited to see him. And um, yeah, our, our transfer deadline day was not nearly as exciting as yours. Ours was a good one, so we, you know... We brought in the big guy that we've been, we were rumored with really heavily at the beginning and kind of died off because Atletico was playing hardball with us. Um, but then we always knew that he had a set price, Thomas Party. He had a set price. It couldn't get higher, couldn't get lower. We knew exactly what it was going to be. So uh, I like to think that Arsenal knew what they were doing um, and going for other players to see if we could get something a little different with party being our 
fallback plan, and it's a great fallback plan. Um, and you know, deadline day came. They paid the paid the fee. He signed the contract, and he's at the club. So um, I turned my seven up, add a little grenadine, turn this into a party, and now I have a little Shirley Temple going. <laughs> it is party time hey, because you know. it's a. I think he's going to be a great player for us. He's going to add something that we haven't had a little bit of bite. Hopefully, uh, Simeone, you know, rubbed off on him the right way, and he can carry that over and you know turn some of our players into thing players that we need. Something that can that's in for a battle. So, um, so who who do you see him replacing and or competing with? I don't know. I. It's tough. How I long think, is that going to take? You um, think? I think you got to play him right away, and I don't know. I don't. I I really like Jaka. I I really like him. Um, but if we keep this formation that we have that I really like that I think is good for the club, I think he's got to replace Jaka, and and Ceballos has to be his partner, um, and that's a good partnership. I just think that. I really like Jaka in there too, so it's tough. I don't want to play a flat back four because I don't think we're good enough for it. Um, but with the players we have, we might need to turn to that because well, we four, could. Three, three to keep yeah. the three of them in the middle. Yeah, and, and I mean Jaka party Ceballos in the middle is exciting. Um, I think that's a good. I think that really frees up Ceballos to kind of do more um, going forward, uh, and that'll be good. But I just think our back line, I don't think it's strong enough to to support that for long stretches. But it's a our midfield now is is good. I'm excited about I'm excited about Party and Gabriel has been a huge hit. Um, he's he might end up being our best signing of the window. I think he's he's someone that you don't really get past. Every game he plays, he seems to be up there in man of the match. So um, it was a good window for us. So not only did Party come in, but Pereira left. Um, yeah. You see, are you sad to see him go, or is it kind of like thanks for your time? See you later. He was a good signing. I think on paper when he first came in, he was supposed to be that like bulldog in the middle yeah. of the field, winning every tackle, being very physical. I just don't know if his size really measured up to the Premier League. I don't know if. He, I mean, coming from the Italian league, it's a much different league there, and I don't think he was maybe suited or ready for the Premier League. Um, he's only on loan at Madrid um, with an obligation to buy, so we didn't get a ton of money for him right now, but there's a potential that we will get some money for him at next season. Um, I, I like Torreira. He seemed like a good kid. I, I like he's like a too. younger he's player. Four too, so, I mean, he's a good player. I yeah. Think. I just I may mean, just didn't suit the Premier League right now. I just seen some time. I don't, I don't know if he's played this season. It had to have been last season, even at the end of like the restart. I don't think he saw too much playing yeah. time. Yeah, it looked like Arteta was choosing Elneny over Pereira at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's sad to see him go. You, you like him, but I mean, at the same time, he wasn't getting the job done. He wasn't doing exactly what Arteta is looking for in that position. And I think. Or was it too similar to Xhaka? I mean, you can't have those guys that are all yeah. the same. Yeah, that could have been it. I, I just, he's more mobile than Shaka, but I think he wasn't as secure as Shaka. I think he kind of has a better hold in understanding of the middle of the field and, and how Arteta wants to play. And 
I don't know if yeah, Troy may have just not been able to cope with life in the Premier League, and maybe at this point, I think he's used to like the South American Italian style of play, and not so much the Premier League. So hopefully, he does well in in, in Madrid and has a good spell there. And maybe if we get him back, he'll be a different player. But um, I think Party's a really good addition. Um, I think he'll probably compete very well against maybe like him and Ceballos are pretty similar in, in, in players the way that they carry the ball and and break presses I think they'd be a good partnership while they're very similar they're a little bit different in terms of body shape and body stature so um, I think he'll be able to do more than Jaka so like I he does allow us to play at different formations as well I think I mean like Joe I think we really are suited for a three back the way that we're playing right now but I think he gives us that opportunity to shift into a, a four back and maybe a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. It gives us different options in different games. And hopefully it'll allow us to control more and get more offensive um, opportunities going. But we'll see in time. But uh, with party coming in, um, my drink this week is uh, Pollyanna Brewing Company. It's called In the Cards. He was a player that we went for in the beginning of the transfer and even previous transfer windows. And at the end of the day, last day, we got him. So... In the end, it was all always in the cards. So I kind of went on the, on the name there. It's a hazy American pale ale. It's very, very good. Um, I don't think there's too many bad beers that come out of Pollyanna Brewing. So um, highly recommend. Uh, it's not too potent, about 5.5, but it's a very, very, uh, very drinkable, very delicious beer. So highly recommend Pollyanna. In our transfer outs, we didn't mention uh, the big guy, Glenn Doozy. Yeah, right. Finally, we he's don't still have to talk about him anymore. Yeah. But Glenn Doozy, he's, it's he's a loan going. deal, I'm but uh, at least he's out of the out of the storyline for the next, you know, eight months. So we don't have to ha keep having that conversation. That's, I think that's a win in, in our books. Like he's not playing. He's I not, think it's good for everyone. I yeah. think it's good for him to. Hopefully, he can go somewhere because he's going to Hertha Berlin. It is not a top team. Um, Arsenal has is a big club that he got his his head got too big if he'd go back here put in a shift and just learn the ropes of what it is to be a professional and come back would be great uh, hopefully he plays well and you know his value just goes up and then we can move him on or if he turns his attitude around bring him back in and see you know, give him a second chance because he's only 21. So, um, you know, that's a that was a big move that I think was just good for everyone around the club. I think can help do good in the Bundesliga. I think that's a good fit for him. Yeah. You got to uh, mention Martinez as well. I mean, just because yeah. it was an out. We talked about it before, but yeah. I think that's a huge pickup for Aston Villa mm -hmm. and, and good for everyone, as you yeah. mentioned before. Yeah. Sad to see him go. I think him leaving was because he was so good. Um, I mean, he's been at Arsenal for so long, but he had such a strong end of the season after Leno got hurt that, like, he deserves to be a number one. And if he wasn't going to be at Arsenal, we, if we could get good money for him, I mean, that $20 million was was a good price for him for someone who's never been a starter. And so far, he's doing really well at Villa. thirty for uh, not a starter, but that's okay. Yeah, well, he's terrible at PK, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bring his price down. <laughs> but I will hope he does well in Villa. He's... Good start, and he, he's 3-0 against Liverpool in the last three months, so he's doing good. He's doing all right over there. That's um, the bar, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think for both of our clubs, I think it was a really good window. Yeah. I think it was I think so too. For good for both of us, which is... We brought money in, you got the players you wanted, you strengthened the squad, and yeah. you know, 
overall, you didn't pull a Chelsea. Yeah. Can we just touch on how crazy the La Liga is as for their contracts? That they have built-in um, fees for that. Um, what are those called? Release clauses. Release clauses, and every player in the league has it. And you don't even have to talk to the club to do this. Nope. You could just go take a player. Um, <laughs> that's insane to me. But uh, the fact that we shelled out $50 million, and that's the thing, you have to pay that whole price up front. I don't know where Arsenal got that fifty mil. Hey, but Put I think the they uh, restructured some of like our uh, debt management or whatever you call yep. it. Gunnersaurus. Um, yes. <laughs> Redundancies, was, I guess. You that know. That was the end of it. Gunnersaurus, um, and now we have forty-five million for Thomas Party. It's a. And then look at those. We're coming back and bringing them in. Yeah. Playing we're, them the whole time. We're, we're a club that's united. I guess we're getting to that point now, and uh, it's just. It's just funny to, to see like Atletico Madrid play hardball the entire transfer window, and then at the last minute we just came in, paid a tab, took their player, and moved on. Yeah. And most of their their team and club found out via the press. So fair play to Arsenal, and hopefully like that's a sign of things to come, as far as like where the club wants to be. If they're going to be more ruthless in things that they want instead of like being passive and letting things happen around them, we're going to start making things happen. So hopefully it's. It's uh, foreshadowing and good, positive things to come on the executive side of things. And we did re-sign Aubameyang. That could have been one of the top signings that we made in the, in the transfer window as well. So like I said, it's a very good window, I think, for both squads. And a lot of good things to come, I think, out of our teams and moving forward in the Premier League. A um, couple housekeeping things. We have a new um, listening um, section in the uh, the audience out there, Singapore, welcome to the club. Hey, hey. Um, we are growing, and it's always good to hear. Um, so we got a little bit of growth there. Any um, updates on anything else? How's the how are we standing in the in the fantasy leagues? I know I am slowly climbing back, but you had a good week. Um, I I briefly came within like a point of first. Yeah. Before, uh, before Joe's last game, and Jack Grealish coming in big, <laughs> he, he opened up again another twenty or thirty point lead. But um, I was running on his heels for a bit with Son, and I left Chilwell on the bench uh, accidentally, so that was a, a big mistake on my part. And then with the Pickums, Mike, I think you and I are tied. I made a move this week. I knew we were tied, and I needed. I went for a pick that I didn't think anyone else was going to pick, and I went for Leeds to tie or beat Man City. And they did. They did that. They tied. However, I forgot to pick the first game of the week, and I missed out on the Chelsea game. So I should be winning, but, you know, I'm still in first place because my team name starts with Guys, one word. This Water. is going to be a, a week that, that separates us, to be honest. We yeah, gotta, I, I got to start making some moves. Yeah, there, there's some big games. You got Villa Leicester. Um, Southampton, Chelsea, it's fine. But Arsenal City, Liverpool, Everton, Wolves, Leeds, uh, United and United. Fulham, Sheffield, that's a, that's a bad one. <laughs> Who's going to be the worst? And West Ham and Tottenham. There are some big games coming up. So obviously international break is going to give us a little bit of time to reflect on uh, the next important week of Pickums. Mike and I are both at, what, 97% pick rate? Should be higher than that. And uh, <laughs> Joe is not. No, nope, um, I'm not. <laughs> he's close to eighty percent. But uh, we're we're going neck to neck and neck uh, in the pickums, so that's fun. Um, definitely keeping the shout outs going to our to our beers this week. 
We got the Black Lung Brewing Company with um, the appropriate Sunday beatdown. <laughs> Good pick, Mike. Uh, Pollyanna <laughs> Brewing Company with In the Cards. And then Joe with the oh, Even Classic. Oh, and who the... makes 7 Up? Nah, it doesn't matter. It's a PepsiCo. It's 7 Up. It's 7 Up. So it's, uh, I don't even know. It's 7 Up. Did you have two? Seven ups, Joe? It would have been more I, appropriate if you did. <laughs> just drink two plain ones and then I turned it into a party when I made that into the Roses Grenadine. If you like yeah. a little sweet addition yeah. to your, uh, your mixed drinks, Roses Grenadine is always a good option. <laughs> Not getting paid for that, that's just a free ad. Um, but this was a fun week. A lot of interesting things happened. The transfer window ended. Liverpool crashed and burned um, twice. But we got to get our shots in when we get them because, you know, they win the league and we don't. So, <laughs> uh, with that being said, um, I'm glad Gunnar Source may make his return. Um, but um, all things looking good um, at this point, even with the fire, you know, keeping that um, unbeaten streak going. Um, International break coming up, so not sure about next week or yeah. the content at least we can talk about. We'll come back with something. We'll be here. We can just bring back the Aspenville Liverpool game. Yeah, we can just really that. dive in yeah. and analyze that game. Um, yeah, but we will give the people what they want, and that is beer football content. So we will come back next week. And all these you. Twitter questions, you know, there are too many this week, so we're gonna <laughs> we have gotta to get sift to them through. Next maybe week. an off week <laughs> would be good for us. Um, but we will be back. Um, and as always, everyone. Next round is on us. Cheers. Cheers.